and uh, you know there's there's a lot of things and I'm not on there uh, much anymore but um, there's a little video and it, it caught my attention it was just this this young girl she had a FedEx hat on I think her name was Andrea and she was she shared like a two-minute video and I started watching it and and I and I stayed on she said she was delivering packages um, and it looks like it was a recent, a re a recent uh, uh, video that she put on there. And, and she went to this one house, and the lady had come out to meet her. And so she handed the package, and the lady asked her how her holidays were. And uh, she said they were busy, but they were good. And she says, how are your holidays? So this FedEx driver asked the lady, well, how are yours? And she says, well, not real good. My husband is dying of cancer. And um, she started talking to, to her, and... And this, this girl, Andrea, I'll call her, she, she actually, I loved it because she was just being really honest. She said, you know, she tried to change the topic of the conversation because it was just uncomfortable. I mean, it, that, that's us, right? I mean, if we can be real, sometimes people start talking about something like, I'm just not comfortable with this conversation. This is hard. I, you know, we go to the store and we say, how are you? And your response is, fine. Please don't tell me that you're not because I'm not ready for that. Right, tongue in cheek, but but we're not, and and so she she just talked with her for a minute. She said she drove away and and um, she got about ten or so deliveries down the road, and the conviction of God got on her, and um, she turned the truck around. And so one thing at the end is we're going to pray for Andrea because she did not say she was on her lunch break. She turned her truck around, went back to the woman's house to pray with her and to hug her and she said you know we have to be ready and willing to be the hands of God and it's convicting it's encouraging it's challenging and you know my mind is weird and I went oh Lord keep her job safe because somebody's gonna see that video and uh, you know she had her hat on and her FedEx vest on and uh, somebody's gonna you know complain and um, but she is giving us an example to stand up for our faith no matter what the cost even no matter what the cost Whew. I don't believe we need to be um, not have wisdom we need to have wisdom when we do things but if the Lord challenges you to do something we need to respond regardless of the cost and um, sometimes it's just to take a moment out of your, your busy schedule and pray with someone to give them a hug in Jesus' name. Uh, and so let's, let's pray for Andrea and then pray for ourselves and as we get into the word this morning. Heavenly Father, we, I, I just want to lift this young lady up to you, God. I, I know that um, the enemy does not want to hear a challenge to believers that would get us out of our comfort zones, that might shake us up to start being, even Jesse says, the hands and the feet of Jesus and, and, and being a light in the darkness. God, so I'd pray a protection over this woman and her job. God, that uh, in that brief moment, she spoke uh, to a lot of people, according to the, the hits on that video. God, and then I pray that she spoke to me and to all of us here. God, that we in the midst of our day, in the midst of our, our work, would never lose sight of you and who you are, our love for you, 
and our ability to shine our light for you. To be a witness to those that are hurting, to those in darkness. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hmm. Thanks for going on a little trip with me. Um, God challenges me all the time with things, including in this message this morning. Title of, uh, title of the message today is Limitless Faith. Limitless Faith. Limitless Faith. And that's what we, we need to have is, and it's what we do have is a limitless faith. Um, our faith might be limited by ourselves, but faith itself is limitless. And God wants us to increase our faith and have faith in Him. So this morning, I want to challenge you and me to begin to have a, a, a renewed faith, um, a new outlook on our faith. And, um, and, and I'm preaching to myself this morning. I, have, I, I never lose faith that God is who He says He is, that Jesus is my Savior. That faith is secure. And we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning. That faith is solid. I know who God is. I know what Christ did for me. I am saved by faith in Christ's sacrifice. But the faith that I'm talking about this morning that we'll, we'll be talking about is that faith to believe God to work in the midst of my life and in the midst of your life and do the supernatural things that he has done and he promises to do in his word. That faith it gets really difficult at times for me. I don't believe, I, I don't have a tr problem at all believing. I know that Jesus died for my sins, but when I go to pray for people, sometimes I don't know if God's going to touch them. I want to have a limitless faith. I want to have Matthew 17, 20 kind of faith. It says this, I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. I want to believe that. Do you believe that? I want to believe that in my life, that nothing will be impossible for me. And he's not talking about that I can be, you know, an astronaut. I think this scripture has been misquoted, misused in the church for so long. You know, just believe and you can do all things and you can be an astronaut and you can, you can be the next Ryan Hall. Probably not. I'm looking around the room. Right? You know... Nothing is impossible for God. He's not talking about that, but he's talking about our faith increasing in him and that God can move in mighty, miraculous ways. Now, we're going to do, do something. Just by a show of hands, who has ever seen God do something that there is absolutely no other explanation for than a miracle moving of God? Right? So, I mean, he's done it. And if, if you've never seen it, be encouraged. This, I, don't be discouraged because like, well, I've never seen that. Be encouraged that God is still in the miracle business and that he does still work and he wants to do miracles. And I want to encourage us today that we begin to uh, step out more and more into faith and walk in that limitless faith that God has for us. Hebrews 11.1 1 talks about what faith is. And in this time in the message, I'm like, well, you know, I really, we need to talk about faith and what it is. And so what is faith? Well, it gives us a definition. It says this. It says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And we quote it and we know it. We go, huh, well, what does that really mean? So th this is the NLT. 
translation. I think, it's, I think it helps us just to understand what it is. This is it. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. Isn't that good? That's simple. As, as Mark Johnson would say, that's the duh version. Duh. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Faith is about not seeing yet believing. And we believe a lot of things in faith. We do it all the time. If you're here this morning and, and you've never put your faith in, in Jesus, you still put your faith in something all the time because I don't know anyone who every time they get in their car, checks the brake lines, checks their pads, checks to make sure the brakes are working, they jump in and they drive down the street. Sometimes, you know, just going from zero to 60 and then they tap the brakes and they have faith that they're going to work. We put faith in things all the time. And, 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 and so we, we want to have that faith in God. And, and one of the things we need to, to differentiate is, is faith and saving faith, the difference between faith and belief. Um, you know, in, in my mind, I just didn't have, you know, opportunity to do it. I was thinking, oh, I'm going to maybe rig, rig a, a, a belay line up here with a, you know, like a, a, a climber's rope. And, and, you know, just hold up and say, you know, who believes in this rope? You know, who believes that this rope exists? And we'd all say, well, I believe that this rope exists. And then I'd say, well, do you believe in the rope? Well, what do you mean? Well, w would you trust your weight to this rope if it's attached to the ceiling? And you might go, well, sure, because if it breaks, I'm not going to fall very far. Then we'll, we'll take a trip up to Castle Rock on the steep side, get you at the top of the rock and say, now, do you believe in this rope? Well, yeah, I believe in the rope as long as it's over there and not connected to me when I go over the side because I don't know if I believe in that rope. But people who've ever gone rock climbing have to believe in their, in their carabiners. They have to believe in their rope. They have to believe in all the latches it's connected to. And when they step off the rock, off of the safety of the ledge, they are now believing in something. See, many people, many people believe that there is a God. They, they, they have this belief. They, you know, even a lot of uh, scientists and former atheists are changing and saying, well, we, I, there's I think there's a creator. There's a creator out there. So they have a faith in, in God. They believe in some type of creator, but they've never put their trust in God to do anything for them. And that's the difference between us as believers is that we need to put our, our, our faith in something, not just believe about something. And, and we need to be the ones who will jump off the top of that rock knowing that it's going to hold us. We put our faith in God that He is our Savior. That, that He is also the one who wants to answer our prayers and move in our midst. That's the faith that we want to have. Many years ago, there's a, there's a story of, of many years ago. Uh, they used to do crazy things. I don't know if they do them anymore at Niagara Falls, but there was a, there was a tightrope uh, set up over Niagara Falls, and there was a tightrope walker walking back and forth over Niagara Falls. Now, that's pretty crazy. And, and, and that tightrope walker, he had faith in his rope for sure. 
right? He, he was out there walking back and forth. And so then he gets, he gets a wheelbarrow. And he walks out with a wheelbarrow, rolling it on his tightrope as he walks across. He comes back. He says, hey, how, how many of you believe I can do that again? He says, you know, I think you can do it again. He says, okay, get in. Get in the wheelbarrow, huh? See, that's the difference between faith about something and faith in something. Would you get in the wheelbarrow? No. But will you get in God's wheelbarrow? Will you put your faith in Him that He is fully able to save you? And, and I believe that, uh, that we have done that. We, most of us have done that in this room this morning. That is what we put our, our, our faith in. Do you know that James 2 says that even the demons believe that there is a God? They believe and shudder. So for you to just say, well, I believe in God, it, it, it really doesn't mean anything. You go, congratulations, you're right up there with the demons. But have we trusted in him? Do we rely on him? And this message really can, goes off into another thing. Is, and, and I think we'd say, well, yes, I trust in him. Is there a but in there? But if I'm not good enough, he's not going to save me. But if I don't do the right things, he's going to be angry with me and he's going to take his salvation. He's going to take his love away from me. If I don't go to church, I, I hope that none of you came to church today because you had to. I mean, I, I, I hope that that's not why you came today. That you had to be here. Like, you had to, you had to punch your card and I've got to be there. I've got to, you know, I, I hope you came because you wanted to be in fellowship. You wanted to hear the teaching of the word. You wanted to be encouraged. You want to have an opportunity to be with other believers to worship the same God. You know, as I was talking to uh, Pastor Mickey before the service about the service, and, you know, there's always the question on a snow day are you going to cancel the service? And here, here's pretty much my answer. No. No. I'm not. If we ever cancel, call the church office and, and we'll, we'll change the recording. And we'll, just, we'll, we'll, call, we'll, we'll change recording and say church cancel. Or check our Facebook page, the group page at Christian Center. Like 200 of you are on there already. I'll, I'll put it on there if we're going to cancel. If, if, you, if you call and there's no change message, just don't call at 4.30. I might not cancel that early. But here's why I don't cancel. Because there's people who want to come together. And if you want to be here, then I want to be here too. But I don't care if, if two people show up or 200. I, I don't. We're going we're gonna to fellowship. We're going to worship. So we don't want to fulfill some type of obligation. We don't want to be the people who believe in God, but also believe that we've got to do something. Salvation is free. Ephesians 2 says, It is by grace you have been saved through faith, this not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. You, it's God's grace that we are saved. Everything that we do comes out of our salvation. Everything that we do comes out of our faith in Him. Every, our, our righteous acts, that should come as, as the result of our love for Christ and what He's done for us. R.C. Sproul said something on that that's, that's challenging, and I, and I, and I read it. Uh, and I don't agree, he was a great Bible teacher. I don't agree with all of his theology. 
um, because you know, he's, he's from a different camp than me. Um, but, but this was good. This is really good. It says this. Justification, and, and it, it, justification, a simple way to understand that is justification is, is this. I'm justified, which means it's justified, never sinned. Justified. Justified, never sinned. Justification is by faith alone. Period. If it, your faith was enough to have you be saved, but not by a faith that is alone. I read that again. Justification is, justification is by faith alone, but not by a faith that is alone. A faith without any yield of righteousness, and that's not the yielding to like the yielding on a sign. It's the fruit of righteousness. A faith without any fruit of righteousness is not true faith. So it's not that you have to add something to your faith to be saved. It's that you will add something to your faith if you are saved. And if you are adding nothing to your faith, then you may not be saved. I mean, it's, it's kind of a simple thing. If, if, you've come, if somebody's come to Christ and nothing has ever changed in their life, the Bible says to check yourself and to see if you're in the faith. And, and, and the answer might be, you're not. But it's by faith in Him and trust in Him for our salvation that, that there's nothing more that we can add. And I tell you, we want to add stuff to it all the time. We, we just, we want to do something. You know, I, there's so many of us, somebody takes you out to lunch, and the very first thing you're thinking of, well, I guess I have to take you out to lunch now too. I got to pay you back. Sometimes you'll even say it. Well, next time it's my turn. No. No, it doesn't work like that. It's just a free gift. That's salvation. But some of us have a hard time with that. I have a hard time with that. It's just receiving. I remember many years ago, I, we, I'd been on a trip with, with my youth pastor and another buddy, and we'd gone down to Mexico and, and gone snorkeling down at La Bufadora and had a great time, and I spent all my money. And on the way home, I was hoping we were going to just drive straight home because I was broke and I was hungry. And they said, let's stop at a restaurant. And I'm like, no, let's just get home because I was hungry and I had no money. And so we go in and, and uh, but I didn't say anything. I was just being, you know, being, I was being a martyr. I was really, I'm really good at that. I'm sure none of you are like that. So I was being the martyr and I'm like, uh, you know, the waitress comes around. I'm like, I'll just do a water. I'm good. And it wasn't even a Mexican restaurant where they give you chips. And, and John, John Green, he looks at me and says, get something. I said, no, I'm fine. No, I, you know, I, I want to buy, buy you a lunch. He figured it out. He said, oh, I, I want to buy you lunch. I said, no, it's fine. I'm, he, and, he, and he just gets real stern. He wasn't, always, he wasn't a real stern guy. He got, got stern. He says, listen, you're going to rob me of my blessing. You're going to rob me of my blessing. I want to buy you lunch. So my job was simply to say thank you. And I, th I, I, I recall trying to say, well, I'll pay you back. And he's like, no. Because if you pay me back, you've robbed me of my blessing. You don't rob God of his blessing. And you can't rob God of his blessing. You can't pay back for his salvation. You just say, God, thank you put your faith in him that it's enough. Found this in one of my study materials. It was a, it's a test of sorts. First John gives us some some ways to test to see 
about our faith. Examine ourselves in our faith. So I, I can give this. If you want to copy, I can copy these and, and give them to you. I like them. They, they're coming right out of the scriptures. First John 1 John 1.3 gives us uh, the first test to see whether or not we're in the faith. It says this. See, when you read the book of 1 John, it's, he says this thing. It says, if, if you are, and if you are, you'll do this. And if you are, you'll do this. And if you are, the, you'll do this. And it says this. First John 3 um, mentions this. Do you enjoy having fellowship with Christ and his redeemed people? 1 John 1, 3 says that we should as a believer. I'll kind of reference the scriptures here a little bit. Would people say, number two, would people say that you walk in the light or walk in the darkness? 1 John 1, 6, 7. 6 and 7. If we walk in the light, he is in the light. If we have fellowship with one another, the blood of Jesus Christ, the Son, cleanses us from all sin. If, if we're in the light, we're going to walk in light. We're not going to walk in darkness. Number three. Do you admit and confess your sins? The Bible says, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and purify you from all unrighteousness. I was reading a little bit this week about, about forgiveness, and we missed something really big in there. You know, in fact, one of the places, the reason I was reading this is my study time, is the disciples were talking about forgiveness, and Jesus gave them the same. If, you, if, if someone sins against you and comes to you, and ask forgiveness, you need to forgive them. If they sin seven times in a day and come back seven times and repent, you forgive them seven times in the day. And we know how the story goes. And you know what the, the disciples' response was? Increase our faith. Increase our faith. You might got to forgive these boneheads who keep hurting me. Yeah, but, but did you catch something in there? If they repent, you have to repent in order to receive forgiveness. You don't, just to, you don't just get to wave God over your head and be saved. You have to confess your sins. So do you do that? You admit and confess your sins? Are you obedient to God's word? 1 John 2, 3 through 5 says that you will be obedient to his commandments. And that's how you know that you are in him. Number five, does your life indicate you love God rather than the world? Shh. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Ooh. Number six, is your life characterized by doing what is right? 1 John 2.29. Listen, I'm going to stop in the middle of this. It doesn't mean you always do this. It doesn't mean you have this down perfectly. But these things are growing in your life. If you're in him and growing closer to him, these things are growing in your life. If you know that, that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. Do you do what's right? Number seven, do you seek to maintain a pure life? Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself because he is pure. Number eight, do you see a decreasing pattern of sin in your life? I, I, I love the way it's written. Do you see a decreasing pattern of sin? It's not that you're perfect, but your sin life, it's decreasing. When you come to faith, the sin, your, your, your desire to sin, the amount of time you spend, spend sinning, it decreases. You'll never be perfect. But you should be on the downward slide of sin in your life. Why? Because we're drawing closer to Him. 1 John 3, 5 and, 5 and 6. Whoever abides in Him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. Number nine, do you demonstrate love for other Christians? 1 John 
we know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren and the sistren. Number 10, do you walk the walk versus just talking the talk? These are all uh, tests to see, are we in the faith? 1 John 3, 18 and 19. Number 11 says, do you maintain a clear conscience? I like that. Listen, be beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We should have a clear conscience. We should be those who know that when we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. He purifies us from all unrighteousness. We are in the faith. Number 12, last one. Do you experience victory in your Christian walk? And again, this isn't every, all the time, every second, but are you experiencing victory in your Christian walk? And I would say more and more is that happening. Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? That, those are just tests to see if we're in the faith, that, that, that we've relied on Christ to forgive us our sins and purify us from un unrighteousness. We're believers and we're trusting him to be our, our Savior. We've confessed, turned from our sin, and we've committed our way to him. When I looked up faith in the, in the concordance, I was actually shocked. And, and I, I had to talk myself through it, and then, I, then I, I, I thought about it. I'm like, well, yeah, that's, that makes sense. The word faith appears, Old and New Testament, over 250 times, 270-something times in the Bible. In the Old Testament, it appears 16 times. That's it. 16 times. The other more than 250 references are all the New Testament. And of those 16 references to faith, 12 of them are actually talking about breaking faith with somebody. Breaking faith with a spouse, breaking faith with your country, breaking faith or keeping faith. But it had nothing to do with God. It was basically not keeping your word. 12 of the 16. Only four times in the Old Testament is faith mentioned when referring to faith in God. Why? I'm like, that's just crazy. Why? Because the Old Covenant was a covenant of works, not of righteousness, by faith. The New Testament, the whole message is that we are saved by grace through faith. That we have to have faith in God. And, and when, when I was looking through the, the New Testament passages of faith, there was a lot, a number of them that were talking about the faith. And, and, and when you read that, there's a difference. When you see the faith, it's talking about the, a noun, and it's really talking about our life as a committed believer, the faith. It's not an active verb, faith. And a number of times it talks about the faith. See, if you were in the faith, it's talking about Christianity. But it, it breaks down and it talks about our faith in Christ, our reliance upon Him to be our Savior, to be our Lord, to be our all in all. But then there is a number, a, a number of, of times specifically that it's talking about an additional amount of faith. And this was the very first scripture I read this morning when, in Matthew 17 when Jesus talked and talking said this, I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, did you know that there was a time in Jesus' miracle-doing business that he went into a town and didn't do many miracles there specifically because it said that the people did not have faith? 
Matthew 13, 58. And he did not do many miracles, in other versions say mighty works, because of their unbelief, because of their lack of faith, that Jesus didn't do many miracles. And, and he, we need to hear this as a huge point this morning. It, didn't, it does not say that Jesus couldn't do miracles because of their lack of faith. I looked up in the Greek to make sure it was a good translation. I wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to teach something that was, was incorrect. It absolutely does not say that he could not do many miracles. I've heard it preached that Jesus couldn't do miracles because of their unbelief. No, he says he didn't do miracles because of their unbelief. That needs to encourage us that he will and can do miracles with your belief. That he's waiting for your faith in him. That he's waiting for your belief in his power just a little bit of faith that he can do what he says he can do and you will walk in that limitless faith. I want to be able to speak to the mountain and say be removed and to the mulberry tree be uprooted and planted in the sea and with the faith of a mustard seed. And I want to exercise that faith. Jesus came to, two, to uh, many different people and said things like I have not seen such great faith in Israel. One was to a centurion. He was not a Jew. And, and, and he went to go get a healing for his child. And he said, you don't even have to come. Don't even come. Just speak the word. My servant will be healed. And Jesus said, I haven't found this much faith in all of Israel. He wasn't a Jew. He had faith and relied that Jesus could and would do great and mighty miracles. One of the wonderful things is that Hebrews 11, which is called the, the, the Hall of Faith, it talks, in fact, I believe it's the chapter with the most mentions of faith in it. Uh, James 2, I think, is the second one. James chapter 2. But Hebrews chapter 11, it's all about faith. It gives us a definition of faith and that all the mighty works that were done by faith in the Old Testament. So though the word doesn't appear in the Old Testament, the Old Testament saints lived by faith in God. They put their trust fully in him. I'm thinking Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They believed. And they even told. They told them, listen, you can throw us in the fiery furnace, but our God is able to save us. But here goes their, here goes their depth of faith. They didn't just believe that he could. They believed that he could. They didn't know for sure if he would. And so they added this. But even if he doesn't save us, it doesn't matter. We're not going to bow down and worship the idol. We're going to worship God Almighty. That's the faith that we need to have. I believe that God can heal. I believe that God can do a miracle. I believe that God can do what he says he's going to do. But even if he chooses not to, I'm going to serve him. Limitless faith. See, I have a problem preaching messages about faith these days. Because I see a lot of unanswered prayer. And, and if you've been here long enough, you know that, that I'm just super real. I share my struggles. See, there's churches I can't belong to. Because according to some churches, I'm just, I'm barely saved because I don't have enough faith. If I had more faith, God would be doing more. And I don't put my faith in my faith. I have to put my faith in Christ. He can heal and he does heal and he's told us to step out in faith and trust and to pray for the sick and it's up to him to raise them from 
from their sickness. In either way, I have to be like the, the three Hebrew children. But even if he chooses not to, I'm going to serve him. God, will you heal my child? Will you heal me? Will you touch my wife? All those, those prayers come de desperately close to our hearts. You know, when we're praying for other people, it's one thing. When we're, we're praying for a miracle for, for our family members, oh, God, I pray for healing. But I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. See, we put our faith not just in the miracle-working power of Christ, but in Him to be our Savior who is above all and that He knows the end from the beginning. Whether we get a, a miracle here on this earth isn't as, as important as whether we're faithful to Him. Because someday, all the prayers will be answered. Every healing we asked for will come to pass. And everyone will be healed. Those that have called on, on Jesus to be their Savior, they'll be healed. But in this, in this day, I believe that we can see the miracles. I believe that we need to bolster our faith up. Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. That's, I believe, talking um, specifically about the, our, our initial faith, that we come to faith through Christ. But I believe it also is talking that our faith will grow as we hear the words of Christ through the, the preaching of the, of the word of God. We need to hear the stories that are in the Bible and those testimonies one to another to encourage our faith. One of the greatest uh, encouragements is for someone to get up and say, let me tell you about a miracle that happened to me. And it, it encourages us. The book of Jude says that we can build ourselves up in our most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. Our time in prayer and our time in the Word is going to help to increase our faith. It's okay to, to let the Lord know that we have a lack of faith. We can be like the disciples and say, we believe, increase our faith. We believe, increase our faith. That's my prayer. For 2019, I want to be a man who has more faith. I want to I be a man who, who prays for people more. I want to be a man who, who counsels less. You know, I struggle with this. I somehow think that my counsel and my words are going to solve everyone's problems. And I'm sure none of you have the same problem. Someone comes up and tells us the issue they're going through, and we counsel them. Well, you know what I think you should do? Wow, that's really... You know, and, and we, we do some good things. I'm not saying we should never counsel. But are we praying? I'm going to confess, and, and I, I, I'm, some of you, I, I'm going to have to apologize to. And you might have to, if you want, you can remind me. But there's been t too many times that somebody's come to me with an issue, and I listen, and I, I tell them I'm sorry, and I, I, I try to be sympathetic, and then I, if there's a word of wisdom or counsel I give in there, and I have neglected to pray. I just didn't pray for them. I walked out of the situation and went, Lord, help me. I didn't even pray. For 2019, I want to have a limitless faith. Do you believe that God does miracles? I do too. But he ain't going to do a miracle through me unless I'm ready and willing to step out. If he's not going to do a miracle of, 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 of healing somebody, if I won't pray for them. 
Not through me. He might do it through someone else, but he's not going to do it through me. I have to be ready and willing to step out and say, Lord, I see. You know what? He, he, he was a God of miracles in the Old Testament. He's a God of miracles in his life, Jesus' life in the New Testament. And then he continued to be a God of miracles the rest of the New Testament after the crucifixion, after the resurrection, all the way through. He remains to be a God of miracles to this day. He wants us to step out in that limitless faith and expect him to be a God of miracles and just pray unashamed. God, I pray for healing. Lord, I pray for a miracle. I pray for a miracle of finances to be released. Just pray. And I, I know I've shared this story, but it's maybe it's been long if you forgot or some of you haven't heard it. Many years ago, I was uh, doing a six-week uh, evangelism tour and speaking in churches with Mark Johnson. And, and we were doing uh, some really neat things and a lot of prophetic ministry was happening and um, healings. I mean, it was awesome. It was just really exciting to see God moving so much. And we, we had gone into to a, a hospital to pray for some people and, and there was somebody who was sick and I prayed for them. And I prayed a prayer much, much like many of us have prayed. Lord, I just pray for, call him Pete. I just pray for Pete, pray that you'd heal him. But even if you don't heal him, God, I just pray that you'd bless his heart and encourage him. And I thought it was a good prayer. And I got back home where we were staying, which happened to be Janet Lee's parents' house up in upstate Minnesota, northern Minnesota. I was sitting down and on the porch, and there was a thunderstorm out. I remember the day real vividly and just kind of sitting there. And I, f I, I, I really felt like I heard the audible voice of God. And God has talked to me in some strange ways sometimes, and he said, don't you ever assume you know what I want to do. Don't you ever assume that you know what I want to do. He says, you pray for healing and let me be God. And I tell you, I've gone back and prayed the same prayer again. Because it's a struggle of faith. And so again, I'm, I come and I, I repent publicly and I say, God, help my unbelief. I don't want to be the, the guy who has to make an excuse for Almighty God. God doesn't need me to defend him. I just need to be faithful to pray and let God be God and let a miracle come forth or let God do whatever he wants to do in the midst of what he wants to do. I want to have a limitless faith. I want us to be a church with limitless faith. You know, people say, well, do you want to be you know, like Bethel? Are you like Bethel? Let Bethel be like Bethel. Let us be like us. Let's be people who believe the word of God, who step out in faith and are obedient and faithful. Let's pray. God, I want to be a man of faith. And I want us to be a family of faith. God, I thank you that by our faith in your word, God, that that's where salvation comes from. But Lord, you move in miracles and you desire to move through your people. And you have set it up that you move through our belief in you, through our faith in you. If we had faith as small as a mustard seed, God, I pray a prayer for us today. Increase our faith and our faithfulness. Help us to have faith in you and be faithful to whatever you call us to. 
God, even if, if it's just what, what Andrea did by turning her FedEx truck around and going back to pray for somebody, or God, to sell everything and go to the mission field. Help us to be people of faith who pray in faith, believe in faith, live by faith, and see a limitless faith. That's our prayer. That's our cry. Let it start out in 2019 by being your people of faith, saved by grace through faith, walking in miracle power. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Drive safe. Eat the snacks before you go.